It's everyone's favorite show about all things Utah. A show where four hosts, and sometimes a guest, discuss whatever they want regarding Utah, and mostly stay on topic. It's the new Utah Podcast, with your hosts, Bree, Chris, Jeremy, and Jessica. Fuck! It's episode 217 (laughs) of the new Utah Podcast. That's how I'm feeling today. (sighs) It's been the whole week, man. It's only fucking Tuesday. Um, I was actually thinking about this earlier, uh, and I started the episode out with the fuck box saying fuck and then saying fuck right afterwards, and now I've said it like six times. And I was thinking earlier, we haven't been swearing that much on the podcast. I think because I went to the gym today and I was listening to a a program that I listened to, uh, and they just got picked up by KSL, and they're like, oh, we got to stop swearing, Uh which... No fucking way would that happen for me, but I don't think I swear as much on the podcast as no, I used to. No, I think to. I think it's relative, possibly also to the guests that we have on. That is true. Some some guests bring it out in me more than others. <laughs> Other guests are a little more conservative, and I I tend to speak to my audience uh, or my company. Us in the room, generally speaking. Um, even around Jeremy's wife, I usually tone it down. Yeah. I don't think she realizes that. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> uh, but this is not about swearing. This this podcast is is about Utah. Um, it's Utah. Dun, 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 dun. And about our lives and people in Utah and what we want to talk about because it's our podcast and we do whatever the fuck we want with it. So, uh, so we're going to start out with COVID because <laughs> I'm going to tell you. I don't want COVID. For my birthday... I think I did probably the most exposure-centric thing you can do right now, unless you're in Utah, unless you're in Utah County, (laughs) in which case... That's That's just crossing over the point of the mountain. We'll talk about how the Utah County folks like to spread COVID. Um, But I went to Lagoon on Friday, and let me tell you, I don't think I could go to Lagoon during normal times again. Because I hear it's awesome. It is fucking amazing. If My cousin have, has a pass, and she has, they go every week. And- if, if you have not been, this is the time to go. Uh, if you didn't get to go to Disneyland, Jeremy, as I look right at you, yeah. this would be a great opportunity to take your family for a day to Lagoon. It is the best experience. So I never felt like I was actually in danger of getting COVID. Everyone there was wearing masks. Almost everywhere, there were most of the people walking around the midway weren't, but they make you wear them in line. Like the kids were pretty good about well, it. Well, and and no one was. It's so sparse because they're at like thirty percent capacity, and you have to get reservations to go. Even people walking around the midway, it's like walking out in the open. They're twenty thirty feet away from you most of the time. There weren't groups of people anywhere other than where you ate. In which case they had tables blocked off, so you were still a distance away, uh, or like in the lines. And in the lines, you were still eight feet apart, and they did a good job of like um, sectioning them. So like in the lines that were snaked, it was they were off centered, uh, and they were eight feet apart, not six feet apart. And I think in large part to try and off center another couple of feet there. But it cracks me up when the people stand on the literal words that says that say, "Do not stand here." And that's where they pick to stand. And for the most part, those were teenage kids. Yeah, there was a a dad and a daughter that were having some real hard times figuring out what the big circles and the words painted on the ground in giant letters were. But 
they did heavily enforce masks in queues. They have people standing at the front of the queue with a sign so they don't have to tell people. They just point at the sign and they will not let you in without a mask on into the line queue. Good. And line queue is a misnomer because I think we stood in a line, which was Rattlesnake Rapids. Rattlesnake Rapids. And other than that, we literally just... We stood in line the last time we went through uh, the new... What's the new The ride? Cannibal? Yeah. We rode Wicked back to back twice. Yeah, we went to get up out of it, and they're like, there's nobody in line, you want to go again? And they put us back in. Sweet. Uh, and I will say this, I think amusement parks are designed for you to have... 15 to 30 minutes between rides because after writing four things in 15 minutes <laughs> I got I did not feel good all of us were like oh well I I got Brie was first like, and I was hop. trying to like I was trying to like not say anything because I didn't want to like stop everybody's fun so I probably went on like five more rides than I should have gone but on. you're on like you gotta think you're in like triple digit heat yeah with the mask you're on. with the mask on and like it's not hard to breathe in the mask but there's a difference between but it's hot breathing like warm you're not air. getting any yeah. any of the breezes that come by hit everything but like your mouth yeah and getting the the not you know the not warm air inside your and when you're nauseous what do you what do people say oh get some breath you know take a yeah. breath <laughs> get, get some, some fresh, fresh air, air. <laughs> and you can't so so finally after we did the second wicked I was like Chris, I gotta talk to you. He's like, what's wrong? I'm like, if I don't sit down, I'm gonna throw up. <laughs> so we sat down and chilled out, but it, like, we went on everything multiple times, most of it. Um, and by like, so we got there at like 1030, walked into the park just before, like literally just walked in. We waited two minutes outside of the yeah, gate. Yeah, the only reason we even had to wait is because there was a group in front of us that had like coolers and stuff and the people couldn't figure out what the heck they were doing. It was fantastic. How far in advance did you have to make your reservation? Uh, we got them a week out. They but only reserve got, one week out. But we got Sean's on the Monday before. Yeah, so like five days before. But then before. when we went to get Kennedy's, the like time a, slot was reserved. But that was like Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah. So, But I mean, it was still open. It just, the very first time slot was blocked by then. But yeah, I would... I would recommend highly. The one thing that I did notice, zero people playing any of their carny games. <laughs> I didn't see a single person playing one of their carny games. So I know they make a lot of money there, but I think people were just kind of staying away from that. Yeah. Plus, there's no, like, I'm not going to play a carny game if I can go ride rides. Right. <laughs> like, we walk around the park, like, I don't know, we walked 10 miles that day. I'm sure they understand that, too. So I'm happy to support them. Uh, they, you know, obviously them being open is... One, those machines shouldn't sit like all right. summer. So I, I actually worry about amusement parks that are that are completely shut down still because those machines sitting they're not designed to just sit. I'm sure they still run them. I would hope so. But they're just all operating at a loss at that point. Every time they run those machines it costs a lot of money to run them. So I would hope that Lagoon is operating at a um you know, at a at a profit at least. Even a even even just a marginal profit. Because they do employ a lot of people as well, because um, there was no shortage of staff. So, but it was yeah, a good I think experience. They did a good job. We had fun, and we left early enough that we, like, we could come home. And so that was kind of my birthday plans, and I made tamales for myself and Bree's mom on Saturday. Nice. Uh, and then um, that was it. Didn't do anything else for my birthday. Just relaxed. Jess, what do you got planned for your birthday? It's coming up. Woo-hoo. Right after Pie and Beer Day is celebrated. Nothing. Are you going to have pie and beer the day before? No. What about just pie and root beer? No, because I don't drink soda. What about just pie? Maybe. What about (laughs) pie and O'Doul's? 
No. Because you don't drink beer either, but no. maybe you drink an O'Doul's. Azima. <laughs> <laughs> you don't drink. I don't know why Azima is better than O'Doul's. O'Doul's is at least a, a fake beer. It's a non-alcoholic beer. Yeah, but that's you have to like the taste of beer. Seriously, though, Jess, are you doing anything fun for your birthday? Are you going to Bear Lake? Yes, I am, or... actually. To Lake of Bears. Wait, is that Raspberry Festival then? No, Raspberry Festival is uh, the end of August, I Holy believe. fuck, wait a minute. You're going, like, do you have a like a timeshare in Bear Lake that you stay at normally? No, my friend's family at the cabin. Oh, okay. So it's, it's uh, because that's Pioneer Day weekend. Like, that's fucking... Yeah, we usually go up this weekend. Pure fucking insanity this Well, weekend we were going to go last weekend, but you said, no, let's go this weekend instead, so... so. We we were actually looking to go up there, and I just picked a random weekend, and I'm like, oh, this weekend works out. Not thinking, like, that it's Pioneer Day weekend, but I was like, <laughs> oh, this would be a good weekend to go up to Bear Lake. It's after my birthday. like, And and I'm looking like, fuck, these places are super fucking expensive. What the hell? Yeah. And then Bree's like, yeah, that's Pioneer Day. <laughs> <laughs> we could have said hi to each other. We could have gone and had a raspberry shake. No, I'm going to Green River and said, so anyway, yeah. you're going up to Bear Lake? Yes. Do you ever go on the lake? Yes. Um, Yes and no. So her dad sold his boat last year. So now we just go out on Wave Runners. But my friend doesn't really like going out on the water. She gets too sick. And so we usually spend most of our time up in the mountains. Riding around on razors. Mm -hmm. Yep. Tearing up shit. Basically, yes. How many times have you rolled the razor? (laughs) Never. I have never been in it with her and rolled it. To be we fair, all, we did almost roll last time, though. That was quite the experience. They're actually pretty tough to roll. Like you really yeah. have to be on a on a. Like we had a, we were we got pretty pretty tilted, but they're not like golf carts. If you know how to yeah. react, quick. I've almost rolled a golf cart before. Like I, seriously, I've at Thanksgiving point, Kelly and Kelly had to stick her leg out and like hold the golf cart up while I like drove. I've tipped one over before. You just yeah. pull them up real quick and hope that the pro didn't see because they get so pissed. <laughs> yeah, no, she's a she's a pretty good driver, so it's just nice to go up and. I like wave runners. I just don't like getting back up on them because I'm so it's, fat and I'm short, so it's yeah. tough. I fucked up my leg last time, like scraping it on the back of it. But there's so because, much flat because I didn't want to get wet, and so I climbed on it, and then he had to climb on it. After last year me. when we went, and I had Hannah and Jonathan with me. And I'm telling them, when we turn, you need to go the opposite direction. We're turning. First turn we take, they both lean into the... And you tip it. it Yeah. Yeah. Like instantly rolled. Uh, Did you rent one? Yeah. They get mad when you tip them over and you rent them. Yeah, we rented it. They get way... They're like, do not capsize it. Like, you'll get charged if you capsize them. Like, you ever fucking ridden in a wave runner? Do you know how easy it is to flip these fuckers over? Like, Like, we didn't flip ours. Uh, we almost did like three times. Yeah, but we didn't. Yeah, because I bailed before it happened. <laughs> I just stayed on. Ours <laughs> flipped, but it went right back over. I threw the girls off a couple times when I was driving with them. Nice. So, speaking of Jess's birthday, we got to go through the calendar. Oh yeah, it's calendar time. We don't have to. Yes, we do. We need to. It's time. Okay. Only okay. If there's something. Don't good skip days, dude. I'm, I'm not skipping. Okay, so tomorrow the twenty second, <laughs> or if you're listening to this, at the twenty second, July twenty second, July twenty second, hammock day. Hammock day. Oh, oh so close. we I drove. Almost put my hammock up. We drove by a church and someone had thrown up a hammock. Yeah, on the like an LDS church in the front yard of the church, and it was on foothill, so it was like a really major road, and they're just laying in the hammock. Maybe they were homeless. Closer to God. Guess. Yeah. Rat catchers day. Um, Rock catcher. Rat oh. catchers day. Hmm. Uh, okay, twenty third. Gorgeous grandma day. 
cute. So is that just like a, is that a gilf day? I think so. Intern day, for those of you that have or are an intern. Refreshment day, which every day is refreshment day. And vanilla ice cream day. No, mm. vanilla ice cream is boring. Oh, that's what I should do. I should make some ice cream. Homemade? I haven't. I only made ice cream once this year. And, I, and after I made it, I'm like, I should make ice cream more frequently. And I haven't made it since. You should, especially on maybe vanilla I'll, ice cream day. Maybe I'll make some before Thursday. All right, so the 24th Pie and Beer Day is Amelia Earhart Day. No, it's, it's Pie and Beer pie Day. Pie and Beer Day is the most important part of that it day. It is Cousins Day. Aw. drive through day. And if you're down south, that means incest. Whoa. <laughs> that just means your wife? Only if it's the second cousin is not incest. Tequila day. Ay, 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 ay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Racist Utah Podcast. And Thermal Engineer Day. All right, Jess, That's you ready? very specific. You ready for your birthday, Jess, on your birthday? How many thermal engineers do you know, Jeremy? Thermal? None. Yeah, that's interesting. Jess, how many thermal engineers do you know? <laughs> they have their own day, though. I, that's what I'm saying. How do they have their own day? All three of them. I know none of them. <laughs> they lobbied really well. Okay, okay. bring it on, because I, I need lots of... Wait, is that an HVAC day. person? Is that a thermal engineer? I would think that's a thermal engineer. No. HVAC? They're not engineers. Uh, no, they're... They're just call- they're called they're considered a mechanical engineer. They're they're contractors. I'm pretty sure they are a mechanical engineer that 100% of their if job is dedicated it, to controlling temperature. If you design it, you're a mechanical engineer. If you're just an HVAC installer, you're just a, you're just a contractor. You know, that's like saying garbage men are just fucking garbage men. No, like technically they are that sanitation they engineers. Are. That's you how they are, are right. categorized a contractor versus an, if you're an actual Stop engineer. Stop with your insurance hat for a minute. And just give them the benefit of the oh, doubt. Man. They're thermal engineers. You're right. Chris. What? It is. It would be. What? HVAC person would be a thermal engineer. Well, did you look up the definition of thermal engineer? I What's did. it say? Because yeah. I'm genuinely curious. You maintain, create, or repair mechanical systems that involve a heat nice. transfer Holy process shit. into other forms of energy. So can you not get your air conditioner repaired on thermal engineer day? <laughs> I think you need to get Oh, speaking of, so I sprayed down my AC unit. I'm pretty sure it's done a good job of helping keep the house cooler because it'd been Do you not- feel cooler? No. It, it had been not but helping. There was five of us in this room. <laughs> well, like for the last couple of weeks, and I know it's been really hot, but it has not been able to keep the temperature of the house below like 76. Hmm. And and we saw a video on TikTok because that's where I see all my videos <clears> now of uh, this disgusting, like an AC repair guy goes out. It looks like, like a dead animal or something, but it wasn't. Takes the grate off and like the radiator unit that surrounds it is like covered in a thick layer of dirt. And so he cleaned it off, and he's like, there, it's all better now. And so I went out with the hose yesterday and sprayed ours down and got all the stuff out of it. I didn't take off the grate, but I'm pretty sure it's doing a better job at cooling. Anyway, Good. Cool. Thank you, thermal engineers. So you are a thermal engineer. No. Okay. Well, I did repair and maintain. You may repair and maintain. Fuck, I have a holiday to celebrate on Friday, Bree. Remind That's right. Me. <laughs> so for Jess's birthday. <laughs> I'm writing that down. That is the most important day. Dance oh. day. So you got to dance. dance, dance, I can dance. dance. Footloose style. Okay. No, she'll be on the border of Idaho. Is that it's still the greatest movie ever? She's close to ever? Lehigh. She can totally do that. Is that still the greatest movie ever? No, it's a horrible movie. No, it never was. <laughs> <laughs> Star-Lord. Anyway, never mind. Um, Day of the Cowboy, so you can dance with a cowboy. Hire a veteran day. 
they usually hang out at Home Depot in the parking lot? No, those are immigrants. <laughs> those are not veterans. Hot, you don't know. Hot fudge Sunday day. No. So you could Ooh, that's go a on day. a date with a veteran that's also a cowboy. You take him out dancing and you have a hot fudge Sunday for dessert. And then you go on a merry-go-round because it's merry-go-round day. There are going to be no merry-go-rounds. No merry-go-rounds. Threading the needle what if, day. What if you have them you get driving a razor and go do donuts? Well, is I follow like this pathologist that she does autopsies on Instagram, and somebody, she posted a picture of the sewing needle through somebody's finger the other day, and I was like, that's my worst nightmare, sewing, ugh. Gross. Just threading a needle. This is all on her birthday? All on her birthday. And wine and cheese day. Jesus Christ, you, oh, share your birth- you, sh- you share your birthday with a lot of stuff. Look at that. That is a big it's list. pretty much amazing. There was like one thing on my and birthday. On my birthday. Your birthday had be someone day and junk food day. Yeah, and, and you, was, you were going to skip both of them. <laughs> and I was born a month early, so. Oh, no, wait a minute. No, no, yours was daiquiri day and ice cream day. That's what it was. I did have ice cream. Oh, I had. <laughs> I, I So I've never had Italian ice before. And I had Italian. You go to Rita's. Well, so I went to, they have a place in Lagoon, like Zeppel's Italian mm-hmm. Ice or whatever. But they have the frozen custard with the Italian. Oh, my God. Rita's. You need to go to Rita's. I know. I do now. Yeah. There's one over in Jordan Landing. Yeah. It's the only one now. Okay. So really? Sunday, all Don't or nothing day. they have a truck? Day. No. Sunday the 26th is all or nothing day. What the fuck does that mean? And all or, all or nothing. So I either eat everything in my house, all of it, or, or I eat nothing. Right. And it's Bagel Fest Day. So you have to eat all the bagels yes. or you get nothing. And we'll get bagels from Streusel and eat them all. Coffee mil- Milkshake Day. Oh, that's a good that, bagels oh, and milkshakes. You know, Jamocha. None of this sounds good Arby's. to me. Jamocha Milkshakes yes. at Arby's. And I'm pointing at where the Arby's is at. <laughs> Those are the best. I haven't they had are. one in a long time. They are so. the best. So Sunday, you need to get I one. need to go up to Arby's I do Sunday. not like the yes. coffees. Uh, Monday is Creme Brulee Day. Mm, Ooh, I love a good creme me brulee. too. New Jersey Day. Sweet. No, stinky. Scotch no, Day. Not all of it. Yes. Like Scotch Day. That's a good day. Like whiskey scotch or like Scotch okay. is Scotch. Scotch Not tape. butterscotch. It didn't say Scotch Tape Day. It said Scotch Day. <laughs> when you say Scotch, no one goes the tape? Or butter. <laughs> then next Tuesday, Buffalo Soldier Day. Buffalo Soldier. Yeah, but not the song, okay. Jeremy. The people that the song was about. <laughs> Milk chocolate day. Mm-mm. And water park day. Not that you can oh. go to one, but yeah, you, you can. can. Laguna Beach is and open. And Calabunga Bay is open too. They have to make a reservation. I bet you Seven Peaks is open because it's in fucking Utah County. I Probably. Think, well, I that's think open without Sherry reservations. Sherry Hills is open too, actually, with reservations. Oh, yeah. No reservations or masks in Utah County. So your chickens are laying eggs now? Like a ton. So Little baby eggs. Th- so yeah, so they're the, they're the smaller ones still. Probably for three or four more weeks, they'll be small. They're fine. You can eat them. I mean, you just, try and squeeze a full size egg out of just, a juvenile. Yeah. But we got. Uh, I don't you know, know that juvenile humans squeeze full size babies out? I can't, but that's not good for them at 12 years old. Oh. And uh, Yeah, but they still do it. These, these chickens are less than a year old and they're squeezing eggs out. All yep. right. We got 12 on Sunday. We got 16 yesterday. Fuck, you guys are going to have so many eggs. <laughs> yeah, but they're little. And so for every egg that they squeeze, it's like a, it's like two, just two and a half. They're just a small egg. Like every two and a half eggs is like an actual egg. But my point is you're going to have so many fucking eggs because you have like, what, 20, 20, 20 hens laying now? Well, the older six suck. They, they. Oh yeah. Are you guys going to get more? Are you going to cycle more in like next year and start doing? So if I si- if I get back to the cycle, which is what I was doing for years, and then I kind of got lazy. Well, I kind of got lazy, but at the same time, 
You were getting a bunch of chickens. All of our neighbors thought it was a good idea to have chickens, and so they all got chickens, and after like four months, they're like, they don't lay eggs. Do you want them? I'm like, how old are they? Four months? Yeah, I'll take them, because they're like a month and a half away from laying eggs. So lefty lay eggs, or? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're all sure. Hers are easy to find on the ground, because she doesn't get up into the nest. Because you can't. (laughs) She's fucking missing a wing. (laughs) But, but yeah, so we're getting 12 to 16 a day now. Wow. That's good. So we'll be back to sharing and selling them. I have I have two things that I didn't put on here that I want to talk about. One of the things, um, as we talked to our guest a little later, um, he mentioned that you're into music. What? Wait. We haven't talked to him yet? Okay. But I know what and he's going to say. But we talked to him. But I know what he's going to say. It's the magic. He's you're gonna, a fucking psychic. He's going to tell you you're into music, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break that, that story because I recently found out that Chris did not name... His company after the band, which I thought he had, because his company's no name is Joy Division. Joy Division. Oh yeah. And then they were what? talking about what? it on X ninety six, and I was, and so I was like, "Hi," oh, you know, talking to Chris, and he's like, "What?" And I'm like, "Do you know the band?" And he's like, "Until this this episode, I did not know that there was a band." The song "Love Will Tell Us Apart." I'm sure you've heard I know. It. I, I oh, played yeah, music. No, 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 for I've him. heard it, but oh, I don't. Didn't I didn't know the fuck it was. But it didn't register yeah. again. I, I'm not going to deny that I do not know famous things, <laughs> like at all. Like I know some bands. Like I know who the Spice Girls are. Okay, but <clears throat> he can tell you what matters. you want, what you really, really want. He had no idea that Joy Division was a... Uh, so I, I think that's kind of funny. And then my other thing, I just have to be excited because I have found out that I pretty much get to spend all of August with Cassidy. Now, not so fun that I have to drive down to Cedar City twice in August, but she's going to be staying with us for a week. She's going to... It's your business theme song. I think I would get in trouble. Yeah, you, you would. They'd probably fucking kill me. Like, sue me. Yeah, they probably wouldn't kill you, but they probably would sue you. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. So I'm really excited because she's moving to Colorado. And so if I didn't think that I saw her very much when she lived in Cedar City, I really won't see her a lot in Colorado. Going to get her wisdom teeth taken care of? No, she's only going to be here for a week. And oh. when it, for her graduation, her air conditioning has not been working in her Jeep. And so I told her for a graduation present, I would help get her get that fixed. Yeah, get cool. that fixed. So anyway. Those are just my two things because I usually don't have anything to put on the list, but I actually had two things now. What's this mask thing? Okay, so today when I left work, um, because, you know, we're in Salt Lake and it's mandated, um, I was wearing my mask and and our air has been really, really bad the last couple of weeks because of fires. fires. Yeah. And, um, and like Utah County usually doesn't have really bad air and it is like you can see it from my house and I'm in the middle of a block. And so... When I left work today, I was like, I wonder if it would make a difference if they mandated the masks for air quality because it's tangible and you can see it versus something that people can't see. So that was just my interesting. No, because it's still thought. a mask because fucking idiots would still post shit like if, right. if masks work, then why do both people have to wear them? <laughs> <laughs> right. But so like in China and places with terrible air, that is one of the reasons that they wear masks often. So. Also, the people that have said pollution masks don't work for COVID are fucking idiots. I think some pollution masks may not. There may be a, a more direct route. I, ours. I don't understand how they work. Ours are, ours are totally blocked because there's a piece of cloth and then there's. 
a, a, a filter. It's a one-way a filter, valve. Going and in. then there's another piece of cloth with a valve. Anyways, it was just an interesting thought on the way out. Because from walking out with my mask on to when I took it off at the car, like I could totally tell a difference. I, I was actually having this discussion with one of my uh, developers in India this morning uh, about masks, mm. and he's like, "Why is it such a problem there? Like, why? Just why is COVID so big there? Because we were talking about India. I'm like, you guys got a long way to go to hit us. You know, we're topping out at like seventy thousand cases a day, and you guys are at like twenty. So I think they're at thirty now. Um, uh, and he's like, "Why? He's like, what? What's going on there? Like, what? What is so hard for you guys? I'm like." Dude, it's just the way we live. It's ego. No one wants to be told what to do in this country. We just have this attitude. Just like, a bunch and, of honey badgers. And like just by the sheer effort of someone saying you have to do something, a huge chunk of the population automatically won't do it. Right. Because they don't want to be told what to do. It's the dumbest thing, but that's just people are just that way. And I, I wish that there was a way around it, but there's not. Um are there any events going on for Pie and Beer Day besides your fun Bear Lake trip? Besides Pie and Beer Day, no. So, <laughs> no. There's a couple coming up in August, but go help out your lo- local pizza place and your local brewery. Oh, hold on, get some beer, eat a pie. Oh. Go get a, a local pie. Uh, you isn't Pie and Beer Day on Saturday? No, it's Friday. 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 Damn it. I was going to say go to the market. There's a couple of vendors that sell pies at the market, but you could still do that on Saturday. You can also pre-order through Re-Whipped, which is out in Harriman, and they make amazing pies. Yeah. There's a Murray Calendars open somewhere still. Somewhere. Mm, I think the one across one. from St. Mark's, I, I think, think is there's, the that's one. the only one yeah. that's left. It reopened, I remember. Although, I don't know, has it reopened since COVID? That I don't know. Because, you know, talking to Derek last, was it last week you talked to Derek Kitchen? Yeah, last yes. week. Like, I'm, it's just, that was kind of gutting to hear him talk about how difficult it was to reopen and how much harder it would be if they had to shut down again. So I, I really can't imagine how we could possibly let that happen. Um, should we talk about a little bit of news? Yeah, let's do it. Should we just stay on the COVID train right Might now? As well, we're on the train. We're here. Woo! Got my conductor hat on. We'll just drive right into this shit. Okay, so you're going to hear us talk about Utah County, um, and we keep cracking wise because those guys are fucking idiots. They're honey badgers. They are the dumbest sh- Like, this is precisely what I was just talking about. So, first off, uh, down in Utah County, there was um, a, uh, a county commission meeting, um, and the commission meeting was to talk about whether or not they should mandate masks. Because Utah County is like a COVID hotspot right now in Utah. It's the second most populous county in the state, and it is the second highest case count. Of and I swear COVID-19. all the Karens showed up to that meeting. There, so there's this commission meeting, and it gets basically bombarded with tons of people not wearing masks to protest the idea that they would mandate masks in Utah County. And it was and it was specifically talking about the schools opening back up and that they're going to require the kids to wear masks. Which they should. That's one of the measures you can take to try and help slow the spread of coronavirus. Um, but the fact that they all showed up, I, I really hope one of them had COVID and they all fucking come down with it. Oh, and, at least one of them had and COVID. And at least three of them die. Big. And at least three of them die. So they, I want them to have real consequences for doing dumb ass shit. I want to say they were 20 minutes into that meeting, maybe, and the commissioner shut it down. Yeah. They said, okay, we're done. 
That's the way it's going to be. For the record, two of them shut it down, and Commissioner Bell did not he want should've. to shut it down. Commissioner Bell's a jackass. He is, by the way. But Commissioner Ivy and Commissioner Ain't Shut it down. Shut it down. Yeah. Uh, and I will say this. Governor Herbert comes out and says that the citizens that did that in Utah County were foolish. Guess what, motherfucker? You could mandate it for the state. That is your choice to mandate it for the state, and you have so far chosen not he to. He just wants us to make wise decisions. I don't know why he cares. He's not up for re-election. That, that's the part I don't because, understand. Because does Spencer he think, is. Th- but does he think it's political suicide for Spencer Cox if he does yes. that? There was an article today. I think it was an op-ed in Salt Lake Tribune. It might have been on Monday um, about the relationship between business and this choice. So, because we didn't talk about this last week, but the LDS Church told its members wear well, masks. We did a couple weeks ago. Yeah, we? and yeah. it wasn't the yeah. the main people, but it was a, a big. It was know. also a suggestion. Yeah, but yeah, but it's a suggestion from your church leadership, which everything they do is basically well, a suggestion. So maybe this will help. Because now BYU BYU has gone through, they haven't done their own investigation, but what they've done is they've gone through all of the the reports. They probably watched the Bill Nye, the science guy. Maybe, because he was awesome. He's got a lot of TikTok videos, too. Um, Yeah. And they went through all of these things, and they went over it, and they were like, yeah, guess what? Masks are a good thing. So maybe, because BYU is in Utah County. And the people that live in Utah County are predominantly LDS. So, maybe? Maybe? I don't know. Anyway. I I just... Fucking wise up, you idiots down there. I really hope you all get COVID. I I just do. Like, I don't know how else they learn their lesson. Right? Like, it's like people, anti-vaxxers, like, I kind of hope one of your kids gets polio. I I just want to see, like, smallpox come into play because you're an idiot. I don't think we vaccinated against smallpox, by the way. It's been eradicated. But, like, you know... Your kid getting chicken pox or worse, like chicken pox when they're 30 and you get to watch them die because you decided not to vaccinate them. Um, I, I don't know what else to do there. Uh, but I think we can probably stop talking about masks. That's enough mask effort for now. Let's talk about the comment. <laughs> yeah. So Neil Weiss is the name of the comment um, that is when you hear this, uh, if you listen early. Oh yeah. Tomorrow. So the 22nd is the peak day. The uh, peak day was last weekend, actually. So that's not what I read. I read the peak day for the return is, is actually tomorrow night. Mm, it was last weekend. That's Sorry. That's not <laughs> it's starting. It's starting to, uh, the tail's facing the sun, dissipate. so it's starting to dissipate. Yep. Um, but anyway, Neowise um, was discovered really late uh, because it's from like the March. outer reaches of the solar system. Um, and they like they they thought it was just going to run into the sun, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all that changed. But the telescope that uh, discovered Neowise was actually built in Utah. It's pretty cool. Which is kind of a cool little thing. I did not realize that Utah State University, one, had a space dynamics lab, or two, that they built those kind of things. Also, I did, so <laughs> we went out last Wednesday to Five Mile Pass, uh, my cousin and his wife and I. Is and that like a murder road he, or a make-out point? <laughs> he, took, <laughs> he took his telescope out, and it was funny because... We were the only ones on that road, and this car pulled in front of us and parked. And it was this old lady and her grandson, and they wanted to use our telescope. <laughs> <laughs> and we were like, this desert is really ginormous. But the reason I bring that up is because she wanted to know why it was called Neowise, and that it stands for Near Earth Object. 
WISE. And then, well, WISE is the, the kind of uh, uh, telescope, too. That stands for something, too. Wide so. Field Infrared Survey Explorer. Is so it's pretty of. awesome. So it was really cool, really cool to find out that that telescope was built in Utah State University. Yeah. So. And it will be back in 6,800 years, so. So um, in 6,800 years, we'll all get together. If you want to see, I took some awesome pictures. I'd be happy to share. Uh, Ogden City uh, is um, Oops, sorry. giving out a bunch of grants um, to artists, which is really cool. Um, I didn't. Uh, I'd link the other article as well. So they're, they're um, doling out over $100,000 um, for art projects locally up there. Um, DC, uh, COVID-19 during COVID. Um, they're holding the hearing electronically to basically decide who to give the stuff to. Um, but they're, they're looking to give, um, grants out to a bunch of art projects, uh, around, um, Weber County up there, which is really cool. Uh, and they're also looking for a couple of, it's not in this article, it was in one that I didn't, uh, put on the, the notes, but they're also looking for a couple of artists to commission for a mural project. Uh, in Ogden. So if you're interested, uh, look for that at the, uh, the standard examiner that's Ogden's paper. Yeah. It's that would be so rad because there are so many cool buildings like on 25th that would be awesome with murals like they've done in the Greenery District. Oh, also, I don't know if you guys saw this, Ogden's talking about actually shutting down 25th Street to traffic. To, yeah. To and it's, an it's kind of a catch 22 um, just because, yes, the idea is to bring in business, but these business owners aren't creating enough revenue right now to hire the people to handle that. And so it will be interesting to see. I think it would be a great walkable road, um, but it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. What do you guys want to do next? What? <laughs> what do you want to do next? Which story? I, don't know. Uh, I think we should talk, since we're talking about Ogden, we should talk about Ogden porn. There you go. Oh, yeah, that wasn't Because it's still in Ogden. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, good old Ogden. So this is funny. So Bree sent a text out to some of our friends because... Well, gentle- I really sent it to John, but I wanted to do it in one of the group chats, so I just picked one that he was in. So a gentleman uh, by the name of John D. Hughes, uh, 32 of West Haven, was charged in second district court with pornography distribution, a third degree felony. This is funny because we have a friend named John D. Hughes. <laughs> and so Bree sends him a text and she's like, what's your middle name, John? And links the article. <laughs> and he's like, uh, it's Dennis, but I would change it to David if I could be 32 again. <laughs> and I was like, and, and advocating for the homies because the, uh, the title of this article is Utah in charged with printing pornography at Walmart to send to his quote, Homies. That's what he said. He told the cops. He yep. was trying he to pr- going to send print it to his homies were locked up. Pornographic images at a Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> a Walmart photo studio so that he could send them to his buddies in jail. I wonder if he wouldn't be as in much trouble if he wasn't a registered sex offender. Well, oh. that and he did it on a Sunday. You should have gone to Walgreens. <laughs> Maybe the library. You remember the one-hour photo booths that used yeah. to exist? Oh, but yeah. this is like printing it off. So like yeah. he had to like go... Copy like, I always off. wondered, like, when you took, bef- before cell phones, when we're talking, like, the old disposable click cameras or your own film, if you didn't develop your own stuff, like, how were, how were you taking dirty pictures of people? Because if you went to drop that film off somewhere, those fuckers are keep, they're keeping those pictures. If they develop them at all. It's like in the movie Parenthood, remember when they had to go pick up their pictures from the mm-hmm. kiosk, but her mom ended up with the pictures? Yep. I don't remember this. I Is love this an movie. old movie, like, black and white? No. no. It's like, 
late 80s. What? With Steve I watched, Martin. I watched it oh, on my Steve honeymoon. Oh, Steve Martin Parenthood? Mm-hmm. I that, watched it on my honeymoon. That movie's been remade like There's 300 that times. movie with Robin Williams' no, one-hour photo where he's the psycho. Oh, where he's a fucking serial killer? Yeah, and he, yeah. And he gets people's photos, and that's how he finds who he's going to kill. All right, let's uh, don't take your photos <laughs> to a fucking photo studio now. This really does sound like a Florida man kind of story. Though. It sure does. Was the best so headline we, yesterday. An Ogden man. An Ogden man. <laughs> Ogden is Utah's Florida. <laughs> no, no, Utah, Utah County, County is. is. Ogden yeah. is Utah's Florida. <laughs> but it's not. Utah County is. No, but it sounds. But I don't know. An better. Ogden man she gets a lot of news. That is such a good Twitter account to follow. Have you followed that? The, yeah, the Florida, Florida man. man. Uh, I don't know what next. Uh, I don't know. I'm getting worn down here. Um, uh, we don't have to keep going. Let's no, about, we do. Let's we talk do. about nine eight eight. Just because. Oh yeah, it, that's a good it, one to talk about. It was started here too. Um, but nine eight eight is getting an FCC designation. Uh, it, it's two two years away. So. But you'll be able to dial it just like you dial nine one one for and reach suicide a suicide National crisis hotline. National Suicide Prevention Hotline number. Yeah. So, but it it just like the telescope or is it a telescope? That yeah, yeah, yeah. A telescope. Uh, it's it started here. Like so, we we were kind of key in getting getting this set up. So it's kind of amazing. I think. A yeah. little easier to remember than a ten digit number. No matter how easy they try and get you to. You know, remember it. And, and in the meantime, it is worth mentioning because it's going to take a couple years for all this to take effect. Um, the National Suicide Prevention Hotline right now is 1-800-273-8255 or 1-800-273-TALK. I don't know why they keep using those because just fucking numbers don't exist anymore. Like the, the letters on the numbers. Yes, they do. But like it's not like before where you actually had to press like the things on the touchtone phone where it was all listed. That doesn't there. matter. It the 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 letters are still on your keypad. But I don't think I don't most know. kids even know that. Uh-uh. And none of them had to go through the pain of texting. It sounds like, like that. they all have bad parents that didn't teach them. <laughs> do you guys remember yeah, the texting? Yeah, you're a bad parent. Yeah, and you had to do it like four or five times. <laughs> and God forbid if you fucked it up, man. Especially if it was, back. especially if you were trying to do like proper casing where like the first ones were you're capital. Like and you're like, okay, oh. I'm gonna do a C, and you're like. Shh, 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 shh. Fuck, I went too far. Yeah, because four would be A well, again. Yeah, you're like, shit, I went too far. And, and like, or like the symbols started popping up. You're like, God damn it, Man, I can go through spoiled. like 12 symbols. And then you get back, you have to Fuck, get back I went to too a. far again. Damn it. It was so exciting when I got my first slidey phone and it had a keyboard. Oh, yeah. When you could just type on the QWERTY pad. Mm-hmm. I miss keyboards. I do too. I love the QWERTY keyboard. Yeah. They should make a. Uh, they should make a phone that. Blackberry makes a. So I think Motorola did keyboard. recently too. That has a full screen, but uh-huh. also a keyboard because that would yeah. be good for games and stuff too. Actually, I think because you could put the game <laughs> controllers on the side. You know, so I. <laughs> I this this, this thing like, you're inventing is not going to fit in your pocket. That is not true. That is not true. So you could just take a phone like that. You, you just make slide it a little it out bit like a thicker, pocket door. and you slide it out. Yeah, it, that's how the slidey keywords used to slide out. I know, but not on a thin phone like that. But anyway, what I was saying was, um, so Sean, you know Sean. Uh, you don't probably know Sean. I don't know if you met Sean, but Sean shared an infographic with me um, about gaming because gaming has become this massive, and it's bigger than the movie industry. Uh, gaming is is enormous. The biggest section of gaming and fastest growing segment of gaming is mobile gaming, meaning 
cell phones. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it equates to over half of gaming revenue. Uh, Candy Crush, stuff like that. Yeah, dude, it is insane. It is insane how much mobile gaming is. So don't make fun of my phone that has a gamepad built in. In fact, Motorola did a phone, I think it was Motorola, did a phone with all the like the extra shit you could put on the outside of it. Like they had the like camera back that you could add and the extra battery pack and the projector pack. Are you guys going to start carrying purses around? <sighs> I might have to. I might have to. Panty packs. A satchel. Can I tell you how disappointed I was to see those came back in style? Fanny packs. Come on. They use them at raves. Let me tell you. There were some really psychedelic ones at Lagoon. So back in the 90s, in the early 90s, when I grew up in Wyoming, Lagoon was a big deal for us because we would travel to Salt Lake. It was a long drive. It's two and a half Why would you to go to hours. Salt Lake when it's not there? Because it's all Salt Lake when you're not from Salt That's Lake, true. you dick. Okay. <laughs> when you're not from Salt Lake, everything here is it's Salt, Salt Lake. Lake. It's all Salt Lake. We don't know what Murray is. But anyway. Well, okay, Murray is different, but it's not even anywhere near nope, Salt we don't Lake. Know it's not even in what? the same fucking we county. We went to Cherry Hill. It, that was still in Salt Lake. No, it's not. I know, but it was still in Salt Lake to us. We don't live here. So it's all one big metropolitan area. Anyway, my point is. Okay, um, Green Rivers and Yellowstone. We got, they, remember when Lagoon used to do the pictures and like they put them in the like that little, little looky thingy? Yeah. Yeah. So um, we got one of those and it was me and my brother uh, and uh, we had a couple of friends. Uh, I think we were with Andrew Montabaro, uh and his brother. Nobody cares what their names are. Uh, well, I, anyway, <laughs> so we got one of those, and my mom got the little thingy. And last time we saw her, she had it in her fucking purse, and I was wearing a fanny pack. A little square one. Yeah, the little like square looking glass thing. Yeah, it's you could barely read the Laguna. It's pretty. Old. I mean, it's pretty old. She had a fanny point. pack. Ten, ten years, I think, is how old it is now. My aunt used to wear a fanny pack everywhere. All like it was her purse oh, all yeah. the time. Everybody. Oh yeah, I had like no, a like a not coin when it was cool. It. Uh, not when they first came out, but during the period of time when they hadn't come out, hadn't come back yet. So basically, the last thirty years. It was bad. Well, you've seen Tiana. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that well, woman needs some serious really help. Really disappointed when I saw that fanny packs are back in style. That was the thing that never at least to come back. some of them are cuter, but they got they had the leather ones, like the sweet, like now, nah, <laughs> like the sweet, like like retro, like super neon colored ones. Well, it's because they're they were the they're huge in raves, <laughs> huge in raves, shiny chrome. Some place to ones. put your weed. It's not for your weed, dude. It's so you can put your money in your ecstasy. Yeah. That's exactly You're your ecstasy. <laughs> yeah, because you know what girls don't wear? Anything that can hold anything at raves. <laughs> Pretty much. They can't even put shit in their bra because there ain't much of one. Yep. They're, they got like fishnets and they're like, well, if I put my ID here, it might slide through the big like three inch square fishnet I'm wearing. <laughs> <laughs> He's so describing like, an outfit that Cassidy's yeah. worn essentially. Oh, yeah. Like basically panties, a bra, and three inch fishnets. Like that was the that was the outfit for the rave. Like I'm pretty sure that was about it. No, she had a little skirt on. <clears throat> basically just panties though. I mean, Yeah, it but it was she had like a little skirt. Yeah. No no a place to put skirt. anything. A bandana. And a fanny pack. And and then she, she had her fanny pack. So phone. She's prepared. ID. Yeah. Be safe. Wear a fanny pack. <laughs> Fuck. Be safe. Wear a fanny pack. That's going to the show notes. That might be the title. Be safe. Wear a pa- fanny pack. Be safe. That's way better than the ones that I wrote down. Wear a fanny pack. <laughs> now that we've spent like five minutes talking about fanny packs. God. That was like... 
I cannot believe that. Uh, do we want to talk about um, black people? Pioneers? Know. John Lewis? I don't know why. John Lewis isn't really from Utah, is he? No. Yeah. No, it's just, I just, I mean, should, he's... Should we talk about the organizations that used his picture uh, or another black guy's well, picture? Organizations? Could. You mean... Uh, <laughs> like fucking major news outlets? No, it wasn't. It was actually senators. There were yeah, two senators, senators. posting the wrong picture? Yeah. Marco Rubio. One of the main reasons Marco I Marco Rubio was, was one it? of them? Uh, yeah. No, it was... Was it? I don't want to... But miss. one of the main reasons that, that I put this on here is just because like it's a rough time right now anyway. Yeah. I and to have like a Marco really Rubio. big civil rights icon die, uh, it affects us all. Like, I know he wasn't from Utah or Marco like Rubio that, and Dan Sullivan. Okay, good. They, they, they put up pictures... Of Elijah Cummings. Of Elijah Cummings, who did die in October. And when he died in October, they actually put up pictures of Lewis by accident. Like, they did the same thing when he died, Cause all but black the opposite pe- way. All black people look the same. <laughs> that's that's These what two I'm people don't look the same. Like, no. Put pictures, ne- put your pictures of them next to each other, and they don't look alike. They're not the alike. same person. They're just two black guys. <laughs> they don't look anything alike. I mean, they're both bald black guys, but like half of Congress is bald. And in fact, John Lewis wasn't even fully bald. I think he still kept like a like a gray horseshoe, like a his soul patch or something. Or something. No, no but, so but they don't. <laughs> they don't look the same. In fact, I can't remember. I think it was Lewis that joked he should grow a beard to differentiate himself. Oh man, yeah, they don't really look same at all. I don't know how you would use the two different pictures. Okay, and, and what's worse about these guys doing that is that they worked with him. That would be like working with some fairly closely with someone and then not posting a picture of, like posting a picture of some other person. Yeah, anyway, so he passed away. He was a, a big civil rights warrior, John Lewis was. So, we could take a moment of silence for John Lewis if you want there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and on that same note, Mill Creek renamed um, a street after some pioneer settlers that were black. I didn't even know that any of the pioneers that came there is black. there's actually a cemetery that I has them buried. read about yep. that. So I thought that that was kind hey, of interesting. I wonder if I'm related to this dude, Robert Birch, president of Utah's chapter of the Afro American right? History. Afro-American Historical and Genealogical Society. Remember how your mom thought that you were um, related to the Native Americans? Maybe you're not related to Native Americans. Did Maybe I talk you're about related that on to the show pioneers. Yes. Maybe you're related to, to black pioneers instead. Um, <laughs> Do you? That's probably about as likely. You're about as white as they come, dude. You have the bluest eyes I have ever... Well, my dad has bluer eyes, but pretty much... The, yeah. You're pretty much as white as they come. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm all white. I burn and then I go back you to burn, white. You burn, peel, turn pink and then go white again. Yeah, I never get brown. This is it. This is the brownest I'll ever be right here in my arms today. So why did you just check out your boobs? Well, I was I was looking to see if my my square was still here from when we went hiking a couple of weeks ago. I just ago, looked over I and she was around. looking right now. No, I was looking at the square <laughs> on my chest. Well, this episode we're joined uh, by Bryce Hess, who is the founder of Finding Parallels. Is that the name of the 
the organization or the group or whatever you call it. <laughs> it is indeed. <laughs> Finding Parallels, a limited liability corporation. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how formal we're going to get here with the name of the uh, business or the... I forgot my tax identification number, so you know I, we'll have to we'll have to limit it to that. Yeah, I if you could just email that to us, um, <laughs> along with some paychecks, we'll see if I remember <laughs> when I get home. <laughs> um, uh, what is finding parallels? It's a business built around uh, principles and techniques found in improvisational comedy. So, so you teach a bunch of people improv. Yes. Yeah. It's exactly what it is. And what do you what do you say to people? Uh, we'll get we'll get back to some other stuff, but I'm I'm actually curious. What do you say to people who um, think improv is just a bunch of idiots on stage and really hard to watch? Because <laughs> well, that's first like off. the generic like stereotype of improv is like that's where all the people go that can't do anything else. <laughs> like Michael Scott was an improv guy in the office. Like that's the kind of the running joke. So what do you say to people when when they're like, hey, why would you make a business out of that? Well, first off, it's really fun being an idiot. It, it, <laughs> if you can get if, if you can get away with it, and people will come and watch you and pay to watch you be an idiot, that's great. <laughs> but second, um, this is one of the biggest hurdles I've actually had to face oh, okay, in terms so of my business. It's not just me joking. Right? No, no, it, it, you're right on point. Right out of the gates here. Uh, improv has a stigma. It's you. People either know it as whose line is it anyway. Um, you know, they, they made it really, really popular, a household name, which was really nice. But a lot of people see it as unobtainable or extremely intimidating. These people just get up on stage and they make all this up on the spot. So fighting that is extremely difficult. The nature of improv itself, it's something we all do all the time. It's just not having a script and making it up as you go. Like this show? Like this show. <laughs> that is, that is, uh, so you're improv. We didn't even know it. Oh, no, I knew. Mm-hmm. I knew. Oh, I've had a script the whole time. What? Is that why you don't say much? It's on the back of her hand. You guys aren't writing my lines in. So. <laughs> yeah, we don't pay our writers enough. <laughs> so at the end of the day, uh, that's the neat thing about improv is... They It relies on core skills that everybody utilizes, effective communication, how to build, establish, and maintain relationships, what it's like to live with the thoughts in your head, trust yourself enough to actually expel those thoughts and put them out into the real tangible world, and then live with the consequences of them and see what happens and learn from it. That is a very terrifying concept, and I think at the heart, that's what makes improv you know, difficult to attempt, at least to beginners or... That really does sound like our show. (laughs) (laughs) It's very difficult to attempt still. It's been four plus years now. That's awesome. So who do you teach it to? Like business groups? Like people who want to do improv? Housewives? Children? (laughs) All the above. Crazy dogs that are under the table trying to get you to pet them? Yes. Oh, and they're succeeding. Um, I So I'm, I'm still fairly new business. And I have two... Markets that I would like to approach first, but you got to take it one at a time. So this concept was uh, first seen and visualized in uh, a high school group that I coach at one of the local high schools. I've done that for the last five years. And when I saw the development that was happening for these kids, I thought to myself, I'd like to see this expand and reach a lot more people. So ideally, I would like to hold classes for youth, primarily teenagers from 15 to 18 years old, but also businesses because the concepts of improv, some very basic 
principles like yes and, uh, basic listening, um, supporting each other, those go great in sales practices or uh, coming up with ideas. There's a lot of creative exercises we go through of how to actually take an idea and build off of it and expand and see where you end up. So um, businesses and then youth, those are the, the two I'm attempting to focus on first. I think it makes sense for the kids and, and what a great opportunity, especially to focus on like a public speaking aspect. Um but what, while you're teaching these kids, what in your brain said, like, there are definitely other ways that we can apply this to create the business. That comes from a personal aspect, because I've been performing for, a, oh, I've got to do math again. Hold on. Um, 12 or 13 years. <laughs> I've lost count. And I always come back to improv where I find myself needing improv in some of the hardest points of my life, like when I got divorced uh, from my first wife or when my mom passed away, uh, improv was one of the foundations I relied on to get me through. And it was, a it's a combination of a sense of you have a safe place to be because with improv, you don't have a script. So when you get a bunch of people together who are behaving like idiots on stage, there's an, an immense amount of vulnerability and it's hard for human beings to be vulnerable with each other. And so when you have a place that you know you can be vulnerable and it's okay to express, that's invaluable. And that, so that's one of the pillars, just having a safe space to be that I've personally experienced. Then in more extreme, you could say more extreme, more dramatic fashion, I've actually seen improv save lives where adults and some youth just didn't know what else to do. And then they found it and then it ended up being um, a place that they felt comfortable and they felt like they could exist there and they were safe, they were loved, and they learned how to express love to others. And so it's, it's more than just, you know, a pastime or a hobby. It's, it becomes something personal, which is, a, I, I love that. It sounds like, I, I think we re- think about improv as a very, like, comedic thing and you make it sound so serious. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, but that's good because it just it gives it a different you well, know perspective from uh, what Chris is talking about. I don't know if people want to go see like an improv performance where people are like, okay, give me a name, Sally. Give me uh, a type of car, Toyota Camera. Okay, so last night Sally was in a horrific accident. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. We just started laughing. So, but I, you know, I don't think that people would go out to watch people improvise like real massive tragedy type stories versus comedic stuff. Uh, and, and the black comedy sometimes is, is really good. Mm-hmm. Like what just happened, but <laughs> Chris, you improved. I'm proud of you. <laughs> Chris used to be in no. the theater. So yeah, but not, not an improv guy. No, but still in the theater. Yeah. I'm, I bullshit every day of work though. Like <laughs> at least once a day I have to talk out of my ass and that is 100% improv, improv, I can't even say improvisation. the word. Improvisation. <sighs> I yeah. did that with my How boss How many times today? did you have to practice that word so that you didn't screw it up when you were talking to people since it's like... You, I just said life. it and I didn't practice it at all. <laughs> who, who says I've stopped practicing? <laughs> it's a tough word. That, that's, a, wh- that's why we like to use the word improv. It's so much easier to say. Do you think say. our president can say it? Ugh. No. Improvisation? Yeah. Well, he can do it because he doesn't have a thought of his own. <laughs> He can't say origins, <laughs> so I don't know if he can say improvisation. Oranges? It, 
It would be fun to just present a list to him of all these different <laughs> words. Be like, onomatopoeia. You know what? Someone. Neanderthal. <laughs> I guarantee you. Someone, Libation. <laughs> someone out there has put a clip together of him saying, like, just nonsensical words that he's. Oh, you, are, they're all over the internet. This you is just the hugest word internet. I've ever seen. We huge. thought when he tweeted Kofefe that that was going to be the pinnacle. <laughs> And man, he is just fucking, no one even remembers that word. Nope. The, I forgot it. <laughs> so I want to, I, I want to take a step back because, because, okay. you know, as much as we like talking about what you do, part of what we like to, to talk about, you know, this being a, a show all about Utah is where, where you, you where you come from. So the first question in that is, uh, what month were you born? April. Okay, An Aries. So a July baby. Yeah, July. So your parents were having sex about right now. Fourth of July. Summer's a good time. Yeah. <laughs> so are you from Utah then, originally? I am, yes. So it might have been a Pioneer Day baby. Oh, probably. <laughs> Could have been. You've was never thought pioneer, about this before, have you? Was it a Pioneer Day really baby care. or was it a Pie and Beer Day baby? <laughs> that parade gets people going. Yeah. They throw of, those day Tootsie day Rolls. Days of 47 Rodeo is a huge turn Taffy. Yeah. If you were lucky, you got saltwater taffy. That's true. I remember the Tootsie Rolls. The worst, the worst is you go wrong with Tootsie Rolls. As a kid, you go diving for the Tootsie Rolls and get hit by a float for a Tootsie Roll. Like <laughs> that's why we stopped going. That's why we stopped going. No, so you were born in Utah. Where at? Yep. Uh, let's see. What hospital was it? Um, it's deep. The what, what, Luke's. Not Luke's. St. Mark. uh, Mark's. That's what it is. Yep. That's where I, uh, no, I was born at, at uh, Holy Cross. Never mind. I lied. I just worked at St. Mark's. They don't, they don't, it doesn't exist anymore where you were born. Yes, it does. It just doesn't exist under that name. <laughs> what was it? It's evolved. <laughs> it's Salt Lake Regional Medical Center now. Where's that at? Where Holy Cross was. It's next to LDS Hospital in the Avenues. Oh, it's not the same hospital? Yeah, but that's it's not where Bryce was born. It's the exact same so. hospital. <laughs> So what city But not the same hospitals he was born in. <laughs> See, this is the chaos I love. One thing leads to the other, leads to the other, leads That's to Mill the Creek. other. St. Mark's is in Mill Creek, so he was born in Mill Creek. Mm-hmm. I, yes, grew sure. Up, grew up in Mill Creek. I grew up in South Jordan. Oh, South Jordan. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you were a beat digger? Where'd you go to high school? Bingham. I was a minor. Bingham. Oh, you were a minor. Mm-hmm. I love our mascots. There's like super racist mascots, like in Cedar City and Bountiful, like especially Cedar City. Holy shit. But then we get up here and it's like the beat diggers. The miners. <laughs> the Lancers. I was the a Lancer. Lancer. That's right. The Lancers. I forgot about that. Nothing racist about a Lancer. You guys know so much about high school mascots. <laughs> I don't know whether to be impressed or isn't, otherwise. Isn't Cyprus the Pirates? <laughs> yeah, the Cyprus, Cyprus Pirates. I was a Viking. Are, pirates are a problem here in Salt Lake. Oh, so, they were. So, so, the Great Salt Lake. So this is what you guys do in your downtime. <laughs> Mascots. mascots. Hey, it's they're, they're Salt Lake. What's Murray's mascot? Does anyone know? Is it a Spartan? I think so. Or is it, who's the tiger? Is there a tiger? Orem. No. Orem tigers. What was what's uh, Skyline? The Eagles? No. The Rams? No, oh, that's Highland. I think Highland's it's a bird. Rams. Skyline's a bird. I think. Ju- uh, Juan Diego is the eagle. Yeah, it's, it's a not eagle. It's just eagle. Just, just one. one. Yeah. One, one Judge is a bulldog. Yes. Because that's a good mascot. I don't know. That's enough. I think bulldogs are good mascots. So you went to Bingham High School. <laughs> yes. Um, did you go to college after that? I did. Um, I did a little bit at Slick for an associate's. Uh, I didn't end up staying, but then I went to an art school, uh, the Art Institute of Salt Lake City, and I got a bachelor's in digital film and video production. 
Nice. Nice. Mm-hmm. nice. And with the bachelor's in digital film and video production, you're teaching improv. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's about average for uh, most degrees, honestly. Mm-hmm. So how uh, how did you get into improv? When was your first experience with improv? Was it, you know, as a five-year-old? <laughs> no. No. Um, I'm actually a, a strong introvert. And so I didn't really get into any of this stuff until about high school. Uh, the high school forced me into a theater class, and I was not looking forward to it. Uh, and it was actually the theater teacher's first year. And so I, I was doubly not looking forward to it. Um, and that class, she still refers to it as her eighth period from hell class. It's, it's awesome. Um, but something stuck, and I ended up enjoying theater. And then junior year... Uh, one of the local improvisers here that is part of one of the uh, Utah's longest running troops, he w- jumped around to a bunch of different high schools and held a one-time workshop. And then any school that was interested, he would bring two together up at their stage. Uh, this is Laughing Stock, and they used to be up oh, in Salt Lake City. Um, so they would bring two high schools, and they would have this fun little competition style show every once in a while and we got to raise a little bit of money for our schools that way so junior year we did that workshop and then a few of us thought this is a blast and we just went over to friends basements and kept working on it and so how did you so how was that transition from being an introvert to being in front of people performing because that's a big a big step. <laughs> it is a big step. Especially when it's you making the shit up on the spot. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's not a scripted thing. You know, I've ne- no one's ever asked me about the transition before, and I haven't really given it much thought until now. So let's see where we go. Um, you know, I would have to say that I think I was averse to it initially just because of the hype around being up on stage. Because if you've never been on stage and if you're around people who don't do it or don't have an inclination, there's just this natural fear that comes with it. And whether or not that's your own, you know, that can be debatable. Uh, but once I was actually in it and I was part of my first show, I played a villain. I was having a lot of fun as the villain. I loved it. And that was a surprise to me. But because I enjoyed it, I stuck with it and I kept going. And I learned that I, I really love to be in front of people. Like, I love the rush of it. Um, when it works, it works. When it doesn't, it sucks, but you can get through it. But I don't like but to be... But that's also part of the appeal of live theater as well. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. The energy is, is almost unmatchable. Um, so I love to be in front of large audience and a large group, but I don't like to be in the middle of a group, like a party setting or a, a big crowd or a concert, I, I don't like to go to. So those. improv works out well for you. Like when you're in a group of people, like at a party, you're like, "Shit, this is uncomfortable." Okay, everyone, pay attention to me. And uh, I mean, <laughs> but I mean, but really, because like there's a difference between like live theater. Because for me, when I did stuff like live theater, um, the audience didn't exist when you got into character and you were playing the part it was as if there was no audience mm-hmm. um and you knew they were there and you had to you know directionally all that garbage but but ultimately like for for me at least the audience kind of melted away but in a in a deal like improvisation there is an audience there and mm-hmm. interact with that audience uh, at, at times and so there it is a it's a it's, a, it's more like stand-up than it is live theater in a lot mm-hmm. of ways true 
And I think in respect to that point, I love the camaraderie and building something with an audience. Uh, and one of the things that I, I just love comedy in general. I, I think that the wit and the creativity involved in a joke is amazing. Um, Monty Python are probably my comedy idols. I was just, just going to ask who are, who are your, who are your idols? Um, I love Red Skelton, Carol Burnett, uh, Monty Python in terms of like sketch comedy, uh, stand up comedians. I like, um, Jerry Seinfeld, George Carlin, Bill Maher, and, uh, I, I always forget his name, um, uh, Mulaney. Um, oh, I know. The Saturday Night Live yes. guy. Uh, don't ask me for famous people's names. It's um, like the last thing and, I can do for you. And then Brian Regan. But, um, so I, I love the laughter, and I love not only hopefully giving people an opportunity to laugh, but, I laugh along with it. Like I break all the time when I perform. John, if I, if I think Mulaney. it's funny, thank you, John Mulaney. Yeah. <laughs> if I think it's funny, I want to laugh at it. I don't care. <laughs> so it's, it really is just fun. And I love that. And so that's why I keep going back to do it. One of the reasons. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, laughing at yourself and, and laughing at things that are funny on stage. I mean, even, even whose line is it anyway? Who, who, you know, that show, like you said, kind of made improv in a sense, uh, really mainstream. Um, but even in that, they, they broke all the time and laughed mm-hmm. at each other. Um, I mean, the one that's, they've <laughs> had a, uh, because of all the, the crazy, like, Black Lives Matter and police brutality stuff, um, they did a thing like 10 years ago, maybe 20 years ago, because it was like the 90s when they were doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Now that I think everything was 10 years that's ago to me. 30 years ago. Holy shit. <laughs> I think the early aughts, the early 2000s especially. <laughs> but they did a they did a bit once where they were like uh they I don't remember what it was, but the the quick little grab on it is, you know, Wayne Brady is standing in the middle of two of the white guys and the other guy is uh he goes, "Okay, now point out to me which one did it." <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know that, I know that one. Both the white guys are like pointing at Wayne Brady because he's in the middle between them, and he's like, "You guys know that's fucked up, right?" Yeah. <laughs> the, I, I watch the reruns all the time. Yeah, because I mean, it's just a, it's a statement on on reality in a sense, but also they were all laughing because they they get it, mm-hmm. like, and, and they they had to break character because they were just all laughing hysterically at at the the, the whole situation and the joke. So. I was just thinking that comedy is so subjective. You know, somebody that my best friend finds funny, I don't think is funny, and vice versa. Do you find that... Napoleon Dynamite. (laughs) It's hilarious. (laughs) It's very funny. I watched it the Uh, first time. I hated it, but it's grown on me ever since. How many times before you liked it? Uh, like a few, right? Two or three. Yeah. Okay, so Brie. It happens. Two more times. Is all I don't I'm have asking. another three hours of my life to waste. <laughs> Do you, she hates it so much. Do you feel that a particular type of audience is attracted to improv? Um, That's a great question. Yes and no. It's because an improv show is a fluid thing. It changes every night. Um. I think audiences appeal are, are intrigued by the the you get all the adrenaline it. junkies that are like mm-hmm. yeah. But then there are like in Utah, um, a lot of the groups have very similar styles, you know, or keep it very similar 
you know, themes or ideas just because of the market. So when you pay attention to the market that you're in, where if there's a need for a variety, then you'll find it. If there isn't, then you won't. So like anything, you can find most of what you're looking for. Um, but the groups I've played with, I've had shows that were very mature and we were pushing content pretty hard. And then other shows where if we even thought about it, it was funeral potatoes the, and green jello, the audience called us on it. So mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of fun in that way. You don't know what you're going to get and the audience can change every night. So that's cool. I will say from a comedic standpoint, one thing I used to go to comedy clubs all the time, but after you go, you know, a couple times a month, you're seeing a lot of the same routines, especially from the local acts, yeah. because that's where they're learning. That's where they're learning. That's where they're doing their stuff. But with improv, like you said, it is different every night. And mm-hmm. so even if you see the same improv group two or three times in a row, you're probably going to see some same stuff. But you, you're going to see a lot of variety as well, which is something that you don't necessarily get if you're hitting the comedy club on a regular basis. True. But where do you guys perform? Because Wise Guys doesn't do an improv night, do they? You know, I don't know much about Wise Guys, so they might. We'll have to look yeah. that up later. I don't think they're doing it right now. I don't think they do. They usually but, do uh, like an open mic night, but not. But there are specific places that do a lot of improv, right? There are. Salt Lake is actually a really big hub for improv. Um, the biggest troops to mention, we've already mentioned Laughing Stock. Another one is Quick Wits. Oh, I miss, I love quick wits. We used to go and we, we, my friends, high school friends and I used to partake of quick wits. And, partake. Yes. Uh, in high school when they're, they very first started. Cocaine, just. No, they are actually. Anyways, <laughs> the and then my friends wine, end up like fondue. writing and directing with them. And so mm-hmm. they, they hold a special place in my heart. Awesome. Yeah. They, those two kind of claim the, the longest, um, running Utah troops. So are they like handed down from parents to child? Because <laughs> like Jess is like, we used to go in high school and apparently high school was not 10 years ago like I think. High school was much longer ago than that. The, um, the, the well, same parents are still there. Well, year old. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah, it hasn't quite got to the kids yet. The parents haven't relinquished their, their power. So. so they're like 40s. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, in terms of other groups, there, there are a bunch of small groups that don't really have a place to play, and they're looking for it. So, Laughing Stock, Quick Wits, um, I primarily play with a group called Random Tangent, which is down in Draper. Um, we used to be called Off the Wall, which was an extension of Off the Wall up in Ogden. Um, let's see. Ogden, they have the Comedy Loft now, so they, they, they don't necessarily have a specific troupe, but... A lot of the same people will they'll try experimental things. Experimental improv is there's a lot you can do if you have an idea. Um, Salt Lake, I would say, you know, those are the Quickwits, Laughing Stock, Random Tangent. Those are the ones that have a regular place to play. Then down in Cedar City, there's Off the Cuff. Uh, they've been there for a, a long time. They do some great stuff. I, I love going to perform down there. So, have you guys ever thought about like having a not improv-y name? like johnny b and the the friends a a lot of the two-person groups yeah hootie and the blowfish i don't know so so chris is a music guy (laughs) relates to music um a lot of the two-person groups that go around to do the festivals they'll have more 
I guess you could say like Frankie and Sam. Yeah, normal names. <laughs> the improv of Jenny and Frank. I don't know. But it it's part of the fun of an improv group coming up with a name and they don't always make any sense. It's they range. It's I can't even define it. They just range. I'm going to I'm going to create some controversy here. So originally it wasn't laughing stock. They were one group, correct? correct? Quick Wits was. So my question is is there like jets and sharks? Like yeah, they have improv like battles, Anchorman style gang fights. I just killed a man with a trident. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> where'd you get, really where'd you get a while. trident? <laughs> that was awesome. That escalated quickly. <laughs> <laughs> that you know, if that were to actually happen, that would be really epic. <laughs> a lot of fun. So awesome. And I can just picture it like laughing stock and quick wits are separating, and they're like the jets. It yeah. was actually. Um. It's like it, improv street wars. Yeah. It, <laughs> is that like when the people on Storage Wars get mad at each other? <laughs> I've never seen Storage Wars. I don't know. It's not that great. <laughs> it's good to know. Well, I, I think there used to be a lot more animosity, and that was before me or before I became aware of it all, at That's least. probably before you were born. <laughs> Mold. <laughs> um. In terms of, you know, the current climate, there, there are still some old bruises, I would say, but there's been enough new blood or new introduction and people attempting to create a community that, uh, I, I've seen some of that at least be bridged. I don't, I can't say if it's healed because that's not for me to say whether it is or not, but, um, I've definitely seen more, um, of a intercommunal relationship building between you know, the individual players and then the individual troops. And, um, but there are always, you know, the egos or the, the isolations or the, um, uh, that kind of thing. But for the most part, it's, it's been going down. Do you guys awesome. ever have like sweet improv championships in, in Salt Lake? I don't know how that works. Like, like pitch like, perfect sing offs, but yeah, like yeah, with improv? Yeah, yeah. Because you have like, you know, like c- there are like comedic challenges where, uh, like last comic standing is, is a good example of a, like a big kind of overblown competition. But those kind of competitions exist in a lot of spaces. Does, does that exist in the improv world? Not like a formal competition. Uh, this is your next. So you do yeah, have, is... you do have improv riff offs though. Yeah, we can. Um, do you do them in empty pools? <laughs> <laughs> Not yet, Brie. But now the idea has been planted. When you were quoting Anchorman, you had lost her entire attention. Now that you're talking about Pitch Perfect, Pitch Perfect. she's like on it. The, the riff off though was the coolest part of that movie. I have Those to say. This is the best part of the soundtracks too. Yeah, yes. Um, there are festivals, and you know, Salt Lake does have a festival, Wasatch Improv Festival, but that's not so much a competition as it is just like a celebration. And there are Utah troops that will perform, but then they bring in outside groups. So how has the COVID mess affected all of this? Oh, it shut it down. It's it's done. The Quickwits are the only group that I know of. Um, they do digital. They're doing um, Zoom shows. And I got to participate in one of those a couple weeks ago. I think Improv Broadway down in Provo, they've they've come back to live shows. Oh, that's because it's Utah County and they don't care. Yeah. Um, They're like, let's pack this bitch. So, so I've seen where Jim Gaffigan, the comedian, 
is doing a stand-up at a drive-in. So you show up in your car, you stay in your car, they've got the microphone hooked up, so he's doing shows at drive-ins. I love Jim Gaffigan. He's got to support his wife There's and 15 There's a lot of people doing that. Though. Garth Brooks is doing a concert like that, is too. He? So you should think about that. We've got a couple of drive-ins here. Maybe you can get something going with that. That works. So they stay in their car, but you're up on stage, and that way everybody's like... <laughs> they, uh, so, because MLS has been doing the soccer tournament down in Florida, uh, and they've been doing like um, fans in virtual watch parties, so they're all connected via a Zoom hangout or whatever, and they'll put them up on the big screen that's at the fields that they're playing in Orlando, so they have you know pictures of fans. Well, New England for their first game had I don't know if they did it with like a lottery or what, but they had a whole bunch of fans like in their cars or on top of their cars watching it on the Jumbotron in Gillette Stadium. That's so cool. they had all these that cars cool. like parked in Gillette Stadium all distanced mm-hmm. uh, and people were like sitting on their cars watching the they game. They could fill the stand with blow-up dolls. No, we're not Korea. <laughs> we're not South Korea. The basketball players are letting all of the basketball players watch each other so they're their own audiences. And and I have to say, I know that the, the people listening can't see it, but I, I love how Jeremy's version of the blow-up doll, they're all doing the wave. <laughs> And they're excited. Just ha- hands in the air, mouth agape. Well, J- Jeremy, they're, they're all happy to be there. Because Jeremy's a dad. Yeah, he also thought wacky, wavy, inflatable arm flailing tube men were blow up dolls for a long time. So, easy to miss maybe in a certain sector, like a certain niche. Maybe you know. the little ones. Hey, everybody has their thing. Everybody has their thing, Jeremy. I would love to leave it if you want to. One of the little mini desk ones. I would have it on all the time. I love those things. They're like the. That is like I don't. There's there's all this stuff in the marketing world, like the spiffs and promos and stupid banners and crap like that, and like our banner, like. But the wacky, wavy, inflatable arm filling tube man. Every time I see one, I want to buy a car. Whoever mm. invented that thing, <laughs> what a dumbass idea that made them tons of money, most likely. Yeah. And I don't, I don't get it. I don't know why people like them and so much. I love them too. I want to buy a car every time I see one. I don't yeah, know like a giant gorilla. Gorilla. Yeah. <laughs> Look at that gorilla. I want a car. Yes. Shit, nothing says car sell like, like an inflatable well, thing. And dead yes. presidents. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh man. Improv is a real thing everywhere you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So how did it? How did things transition then for you? I mean, is this is this a relatively new thing where you started trying to work with businesses and kids and, and schools and that sort of thing? Or was this something that you have been doing for years at this point? Um, in terms of finding parallels, the business yeah. itself? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Making no, a big loop here. Yeah, big <laughs> loop. Uh, no, actually, finding parallels was an accident. And um, it came, like I said, it came as I've been... Uh, coaching these high school kids but uh, so this same theater teacher who her first year when i started um we're now great friends i I love her to death and uh five years ago she asked me to come back and help coach the improv team and i said yeah absolutely there's a high school improv team it's growing there are more and more i think most high schools have them now really there are quite a few that was unheard of. But then. <laughs> yes. So was Glee Club, though, and I know that shit exists now too. So. But it's, I, it's I have never. I'm telling you right now, you will never find no, a Glee, Glee Club. Clubs have been around since like the 40s and 50s. Yeah, but not underground, po- but not popularized in schools. <laughs> and I can promise you now, though, no Glee Club breaks out into song in the middle of like a cafeteria without massive ridicule. You don't know. 
<laughs> for, for all that you know about mascots, I, I think we can, you know, you, you don't, you don't have to go Look, inspect I'm, high schools for this phenomenon, in particularly. It's, it's something I'm really good at. I spent a lot of time studying high schools. He's got a restraining order. Just at three. Oh, it's good to know now. <laughs> Kern still lets me in, but Kern lets anybody in. That's Ooh. true. Okay. So, um, sick burn. Sick burn. After about three years, um, and I, I took some time to look back and reflect on, you know, why I was there and, and why I would continue to stay. Um, but then I thought about some individual moments that had just happened, you know, between, you know, me and the kids or the kids in the administration or, um, you know, watching them interact with each other and how they evolved over the course of the year. And um, I began to think... There, there might be a little bit more here than I originally thought. And if these high school kids are reacting so profoundly to this and in such a positive way, I would, I, I have this, uh, one of my goals in life and I don't know, purpose, but one thing I love to do is I love to build people up. I, I like to have fun and help the other person look good. That's one of my mantras. And so when I saw this working so well with these kids, that's what gave me the idea to think, all right, let's broaden this. Let's, let's take this out to a bigger scale. And if these high school kids are learning to mature and to improve how they talk to each other, how they think about themselves, you know, if they can learn to go out boldly and confidently and with these expressions and manage to create something with another person, not having any foundation to build off of beforehand, which is, you know, improv, then other people can do it too. But not only that, if these kids are having this profound effect, then adults, you know, in our stubborn ways, there are things that we can work on too to reintroduce these concepts, to reemphasize them, to rebuild them or uh, address them to make them better kind of a thing. So that's how the idea formed. It, it was completely by accident. And I think the actual moment was one year um, we had a miscommunication uh, for one of our shows, the logistics, um, where we couldn't have it at the school because of another event that was going on. And this had the potential to cause some intense animosity between um, the kids and the administration, particularly the principal. I was able to manage it where we got to perform uh, on an outside stage. And in the show, one of the uh, kids in the audience put out uh, a suggestion that would have, <laughs> oh, looking back on it, it's amazing how it all added up. Um, they were asking the team to make fun of the principal because of this. And the team did okay, but it, it still, it ended up being a little tender. And afterwards, I made sure to, we talked to the principal about it, but we got all the kids together and we got the principal and we sat down and we said, okay, let's talk this through. And the kids handled themselves extremely well in talking about this very difficult thing. You know, it's a group of 15 kids and one principal. So 15 high school kids and their emotions trying to deal with something they feel like was isolated against them. And then a principal who sees everything from the top down and is trying to make it all work. But that's all we needed. Once we had that conversation, we were fine. And the kids were a big reason for that. And I saw that happen and I'm like, huh, okay, all right, this is cool. Let's, let's see what else we can build here. So 
Did that, did that all make sense? Was mm-hmm. that a cohesive story? <laughs> yeah. No, what pretty... if we said no? No. Yeah, would you good. try and retell it <laughs> a different I, way? Absolutely. We may have to cut the other one, Chris. No, I'm not. Sorry, man. You, your screw-up is going to be there for everyone. So. Uh, I'm fine with that. There's something to be said for groups like that in high school. Um you know, whether it's theater, whether it's band, whether it's a debate group and the skills, the football team, no, <laughs> the skills that it really, no, the football team too, um, that it gives kids once they, you know, leave high school and they get into college, you look back on that and, and it really does have an effect on how you interact, you know, with groups and your future businesses. It's pretty amazing. I mean, there is a reason that high, not high school, but colleges in particular, especially universities, um, you know, harder to get in universities. A lot of what they look for in a high school transcript, it's not just grades. Mm-hmm. It's what classes, you know, how rounded is the student as a person? They're yeah. looking for. Right. Were you, were you in any athletics? Were you in any other kinds of clubs? You know, did you do improv? Well, and sororities and stuff are fine in college, but those years in in junior high and high school, that's formative. And so to be able to offer those situations for the kids and see that they can work through that with an adult, I like that's a life lesson that nobody else can teach them. Mm-hmm. Way to go. <laughs> well, so, well, thank you. It, it was all the kids, <laughs> honestly, the kids and the principal. So. So you take, the, take this experience from the kids at the school and you go... There's more I can do with this. You know, this this can work in business environments. How do you then propose to a business that, hey, come have me do a workshop on improv? Uh, that's another point that's proving very difficult. Mm-hmm. It's a hard sell. It, it is a hard sell, especially with COVID. But again, there's that stigma of improv. People think improv. Whose line is it anyway? They think comedy. How is this relatable? And so... There first has to be that backtrack and introduction of well, improv isn't always comedy. Um, it can be, but it's the it's the the skills and the principles that we we hone and we work on because there are formats you can practice improv. I've never been anybody who can't practice or who can't learn improv. There are people who aren't funny and who will <laughs> never be funny, and there are people who Jeremy. aren't. <laughs> I think we all heard it, even though it was a whisper. Yeah. No, I know. <laughs> Stage whisper. Stage whisper. Um, so I'm not teaching people how to be funny, but that's that's part of the sell, and that's part of the hard thing to actually get across and to have people understand. So you take that, um, plus not really being known, it's, it's difficult. And before COVID, I'd managed to talk to a couple arts councils, here in, in Salt Lake, and we were going to put together a couple programs, but since COVID... Um, it's I, D.C., by the way, during COVID. Oh, oh during it's COVID. It's B.C. and D.C. Oh, B.C. and D.C., okay. Yeah. We'll eventually get to a point where we can say, after, you know, A.C. AC. after COVID. Okay. Uh, but right now, <laughs> we're in D.C. AC, times. DC. Yeah. That's that's the terms that we've we've labeled on this podcast. So. I like that. No, that's the terms you've labeled. No one else says those but you. Well, it's going to catch on. Yeah. So right now it's a lot of um, just trying to share articles that have been written, you know, clear back in 2010. Uh, businesses that have had improv coaches come in and hold workshops and what it's yielded. Uh, trying to create digital content. Uh, it's... On my own, being the only employee, the only person so far, it's 
you know, it's a daunting task, but you know, I'm, I'm still pushing through. Have you been doing uh, online workshops uh, with, with, you know, in DC times? <laughs> uh, I haven't had any yet, but they're on the table. And anybody who is interested, you know, I'm got his got open schedule to book and hold some some digital workshops so you hit those utah county businesses up they don't give a yeah, shit you'll be good <laughs> <laughs> so you should label it as something like pick another word from your thesaurus of improv and then once you get through the workshop then you end it with folks you just did improv <laughs> i like it i like it i think that's a good idea honestly because mm-hmm. improv does have that huge stigma yeah um but i i think to your point like getting your name recognition out there and getting enough of that stuff under your belt. Have you looked at other organizations to kind of, um, I don't know, ride their coattails a little bit? We should hook them up with Pen of Powers. I don't remember who that is. Mike, I'm you sure brought we... in the book, the oh, presentation that's right. dude. That's right. That's right. Uh, the dude from Magna, right? I don't remember. I think he was from Magna. So I, I haven't yet. No, I'd be more than happy to. It's, again, it's trying to find those people to connect with and, you know, starting from scratch, and my business is so specific, it's, I understand that it's not something that everybody is going to go for, but um, finding those specific people, you know, the needle in the haystack I, idea, I it, like it can be difficult. So This is a good area to do something like that, too, because I can see, you know, in particular, like a call center would be a fantastic oh, yeah. place for improv to, to be brought in. Um, now, the sad thing is you might have a company like Teleperformance that would have you come in once and then they would just steal your shit and do it themselves afterwards. <laughs> they could lo- try. That's how a lot of them operate. <laughs> oh, I know they would try. Um, but I, I, th- mm-hmm. that's the kind of business that I think, just off the top of my head, that would be a fantastic place for you to to be able to get into and, <laughs> and do that stuff with. I appreciate that. And kind of on that note, like the idea of stealing – the cool thing about improv is, you know, after a workshop, I understand that most businesses, they don't have time to invest, you know, one month, three months, six months. And a lot of what I'm suggesting, you know, the types of changes I'm I'm um, throwing out there, they're not overnight things. But there are workshops and there are things that I can leave businesses with that they can then practice on their own time and they can keep going with. So it's... It's it's one of those where it's not like I just show up and I leave and then they forget it. It's something like I show up and I leave, but then there are tangible exercises left that they can continue to use and practice. Now, in terms of quality, it, it's hard to say, but, you know, I, I learned this by making all the mistakes. Just practice, practice, practice. And so that's the cool thing about it. What, did you put this Kickstarter note on here, Jess? Yeah, I sure did. Because I didn't know about this. You I like to, to just bring, it's improv, I'm just bringing things up on you. No, when Bryce originally contacted me, it was because he saw that when we first started, we were talking about local Kickstarters. Talking about and how so... bad most of them were. <laughs> we stopped doing that because it was like the same thing every time. Because you're critiquing the same things every yeah, time. Yeah, because it was always the same problems that people had on their Kickstarters, so. Well, you'll have to, if I ever do a Kickstarter, you'll have to tell me what those problems are. Oh, I'll be happy to. <laughs> so will Jeremy. <laughs> we could tell you before you do it that way. <laughs> Next to mascots, this is, the, this is the late night conversation, huh? <laughs> well, I mean, we, like, I mean, that's, that was the show for the first, first couple six months. months. Yeah. 
Now I wouldn't even say it went six months. Like a dozen and a half episodes, maybe, before we started moving away from the Kickstarter reviews. I have no idea. I wasn't part of it. Then. Yeah, she was definitely before episode 25. <laughs> Pre Which I guess that would have been six months at 25, but I think it was before then that we stopped doing it. Um, so, but that's why you contacted her because you knew we did Kickstarter reviews at some point. Uh, well, the Kickstarter led me to the idea that you guys are open to talking to brand new businesses. Oh yeah, and, absolutely. And people who are, you know, trying to get up and out and, and on their feet. And I know that I appreciate that greatly because I, I value when, you know, people are willing to do that for me and then I do my best to reciprocate and, you know, do that for others. So, um, I like the door to swing both ways. And, you know, if there's anything, ever anything I can do for you guys, you know, down the road, something happens, I'm, I'm more than happy to. So improv training. Well, I don't. <laughs> Just kidding, Absolutely. <laughs> if you guys want a workshop, we'll do it. Well, wouldn't, uh, who's the, the front row film roast people? They're improv, right? That's a, they that's a version improv. of improv. It is. Yep. They do like a MST3K style movies. Uh, roast of movies. <laughs> that's awesome. They used to do it at, at like Brewbies. Mm-hmm. Um, and now half of them live in California. So they, they did one online, right? Just yeah. Recently. They have been doing them online. But awesome. yeah, they'll, yeah, they'll show a movie and just totally roast it the whole time. So. I, I love that. I, I love that idea. It's just beautiful. I feel like you, John, and Sean are just like a roving improv. I, you got to Jack, though. Yeah, he's quieter, though. You guys are really loud. and <laughs> I don't think that makes successful in improv. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's it's funny. It's, we're not good, but we're loud. I just don't. I just don't get some of it because it's it's pretty geeky. But everybody has their place. <laughs> so, what about your wife? She's you awesome, a wife, right? I do. I've seen pictures. <laughs> I mean, I see pictures on your site. It's great because there's like it's the wife and like you have a dog and we do. No, her name's Lauren. Uh, we've been married for a little over three years now. Uh, she is a a graduate medical student up at the University of Utah. She just started her fourth year um, med school as a beast, you know, and I've only been so watching. Her, so her fourth <laughs> so, year of med school? Yeah, her so fourth year of med school. So she'll start her residency next year, hopefully? Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Taking care of more COVID patients? Yes. <laughs> and so, you know, in terms of, you know, she's the extremely intellectual, very elegant, wonderful woman, and then you have me, this unrefined, chaotic you know, entertainment character. So it, you know, the, the home is a lot, there's a lot going on and I enjoy it. Does she ever yell, I'm not part of your damn improv troupe. (laughs) (laughs) He's shaking his head. Yes. For those of you who not always in in those words specifically, but (laughs) when she's practicing the sutures on you and you start cracking, cracking wise. It's kind of one of those, like it was a little endearing while we were dating in the first year, but then, you know, she's like, Bryce, it's not always funny. <laughs> Be serious. How did you guys meet? Uh, so she was waiting tables at um, the Iggy's. It used to be down in Orem. If you guys remember uh, the Iggy's Sports Grill, I think is what it was mm-hmm. called. Um, I used to wait tables at the Iggy's in West Jordan. And uh, one of my old... One in Jordan Landing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And one of my old managers... From there, he went down and became the general manager of the Orem one. And we're him and I are pretty good friends. So one day I went down to just say hi and, you know, uh, shoot the shit with him. And 
uh, I saw her walking around the restaurant. I thought, oh, she's pretty cute. And she kept giving me the eye. We, we weren't subtle in our flirtation at all. Um, and so after I was done talking to my friend, I walked up to her and I said, hi, can I ask what, you, uh, what your name is? She had her name tag on, so she just kind of looks at her name tag and looks at me. You kind of some kind of idiot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly what. It's exactly what she's like. Here. And she goes, "My name is Lauren." And I said, "Hi, Lauren. My name is Bryce. Uh, I'm going to be straightforward with you. I think you're cute, and I'd like to ask you out." Uh, then she laughed in my face, and she said, "I guess you'll need my number then." And so, but a good laugh in your face. Wow, that's yeah. I mean, look, that's pretty that's, much incredible. That's a pretty direct approach. I, I don't. It. I think that's probably more direct than most girls get. I like that. <laughs> so, it, for both of us, I, we didn't really expect the depth that we found in it. Um, but as we were dating, it, it was, I, I consider it one of the best surprises of my life, you know, when we actually found this love together. So it, it, you found love at Iggy's. <laughs> it wasn't a hopeless place, what but game, it is now. What game was on when you guys were, uh, first introduced? Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> I you don't know. There I was like stars and like rainbows around them. They don't pay attention to that stuff. Oh, I hope not. We, we can't <laughs> judge because Chris and I met online, so... In a radio chat room, so yeah. I like Diggy's Bluesberry. That was well, the, that mm-hmm. was the thing. You can I liked still get it. that. I know. Well, now it's just the blueberry, the blueberry wasatch. Yeah. But I like the chicken balls. The chicken balls. <laughs> yeah, the, the chicken you know balls. The garbage chicken plate. Balls. Whatever that was. No, the garbage just lid. The or whatever that yeah, was. that huge appetizer plate. Yeah. That thing was good. I like their calzones. I miss the calzones. See, everyone misses Iggy's, but no one went there enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we went there. Yeah, I like the chicken balls. It was always empty. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Pretty Which much was good when we went in there as a big group of people. Yep. <laughs> well, uh, we have one other question for you. I'll oh, have one ask. other answer. Okay, hopefully it's good. Uh, we ask all of our guests this. <laughs> if it's not, you'll have to redo. <laughs> so you're a, you're, you're a Utah man through and through. You've been here. Have you Are you going to sing Utah? the Utah song now? Yeah, I'm a, a Utah man I am. <laughs> I am, I am. That's, that's the only part of the song anybody knows. Yeah. I didn't even know there was a Utah song. What? So Have you never been to a well, Utah football U- game? Well, the University of Utah is the Utah song. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't go. So. Man, you're missing out. <laughs> Your wife goes to the U and you don't go to U game? I, well, no, she's not a, at all. She's a grad student. Doesn't it's a matter. Different. They drink a lot less. <laughs> <laughs> it's debatable. <laughs> <laughs> Have you met many med students? It's hard, hard drugs. It's, it's hell. Do they drink <laughs> as Do they drink as much as priests? Because priests are notorious uh, alcoholics. Well, they're around all that wine. No, it's because the preschools are like out in the middle of nowhere, and there's nothing <laughs> that they're allowed to do. So they go get drinks, and they just sit around and drink. And smoke I'm cigars. not. I'm not kidding. Cigars and drinks. I think we need yeah. to do a survey now, Bree. I think it's it's a, it's a truth. I after, had drinks and cigars with your priest. Yeah, after talking yeah. to my priest, like it's a, it's a real thing. A lot of them come out alcoholics and have to go to rehab. <laughs> well, then, n- now you know what to look into next in Utah, the comparison between <laughs> med, students, med and students and drinking and priest drinking. I just want to compare like grad students versus undergrads and see. I would just the difference assume is that, what like, they drink. Yeah. Not the quantity. <laughs> well, that and when you're an Apsed. undergrad, you you have so to drink winning. in private. So whenever you can get it, you drink a ton of it. When, once you're true. in grad school, more. you're of age. And so you, you can get it more legitimately. And so it's not as much of a novel. There's probably a lot more binge drinking going on as an undergrad. There you hear it, folks. 
the correlation has been debunked well, already. I, I Five minutes that, is all it took us. I say that as having two college-age students right now. Which that wasn't the question, by the way. <laughs> no, no, that wasn't that the wasn't question at all. So the question is, Thanks, Jeremy, um, bring us back. Bring us back. <laughs> what's thing in you? What's one thing in Utah that uh, you couldn't bear to part with? So if you had to leave Utah, let's say, and move to Texas, what's one thing that you couldn't bear to part with? Um. No one wants to live in Texas. <laughs> no. Not right now. So it, it was a good comparison. Uh, I I like the the nature aspect. I I connect a lot and I detox a lot in nature when I need to get away. That's where I go to my even more of my introverted self. Um, I, I've I've been a lot of places. I've been out of the country many times. I've lived out of the country uh, at least once and. You know, Utah is one of those places that I always enjoy coming back to, and I, I really do love Utah. But in terms of what I couldn't live without, it it would have to be the I love the mountains. You know, I I love the feel and the energy that we have in our mountains. It's hard not to love them when you see them every day. It, it, yeah, it is. And you don't real you don't even realize it until you go somewhere where there are no mountains, like Texas. Yeah, where it's just flat. And then there's no mountains. You're like, oh, this is weird. And I yeah. am so turned around. I have no idea where. Or, I'm at. or even like if you go to Colorado, where all the mountains are just in one side. True. And hmm. I mean, they're grand. They're humongous because the base is so much lower mm-hmm. once you hit the plains there. But it's uh, yeah, I love being up. That's home. probably why Alaska felt like home. Yeah. Yeah, Alaska was very similar feeling. Um, mountains. Yeah, mountains in Alaska. Mountains. <laughs> Mountains. No, no one said, you're not from Utah if you say that. Mountains. 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 That's mountains. in your improv all the time, huh? Utah words. Oh, yeah. we. One of the most common games is called accents, and we ask the audience to provide us with accents, and Utah, it gets thrown out They're there. They're like, Utah, you're like, that's what we're, that's... Or Southern Utah. We're in- there you go. <laughs> what? Southern. <laughs> or, it is a thing. Or really Northern Utah by Idaho. Oh. <laughs> Malad. Can I get a Malad accent, please? Yeah. I don't know where you're from. How what about you- how about Wyoming and and their lawyers? Hey, that's that's a combination of a and, bunch of and and their naked people. There's nothing wrong with <laughs> naked people washing their clothes. Washing. <laughs> If you get me in Texas for like two days, I go right back to a southern accent. It took me like 10 years to lose it. Are you from Texas? I was born in Texas, and then I actually mostly grew up in Wyoming. Probably. Yeah, but a southern accent, I swear, is probably one of the hardest ones to lose. The draw. Because mm-hmm. even if you don't have one and you go south, you come back with one. I had a math teacher in high school that had been in Wyoming for 20 years, still spoke like she was down south. Southern feels comfortable to the mouth. So, it, it just feels so comfortable. So easy to be lazy. In six years, I worked my hardest not to get a New Jersey accent. My public speaking teacher would always have me get up and speak. But you still smell like Newark. It's weird. (laughs) After 13 years, I have a problem. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Newark does stink, though. I just want to be clear to everyone hearing this. Newark smells bad. Uh, now we know. Brian, thanks for Bryce. Hey, Bryce, yeah. not Brian. <laughs> you almost met a whole show. I know. Oh, man. Had to man, it's so awesome. close. We have to it's know awesome. where people can find him. Oh, yeah, we forgot. We got distracted. Oh, oh, you're looking at me now. Yeah, I didn't know if there was going to be an official formal you. question. No, it's you. Uh, well, people find me uh, online. I have my website, findingparallels.com. <laughs> 
that's a great place to find me. Best is, I'm on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Facebook. Um, you can find me in person if I'm around. <laughs> yeah. uh, you can call me. I've got an email address. <laughs> if I give you my number, yeah, you can call me. Um, 8675309. Yes. <laughs> Jenny, Jenny. If you, if you ever need a phone number, by the way, for like a grocery store rewards program, and that? just use 8675309. It works every time, I promise you. Don't say you. it like that. That's weird. You have no, to that's say a, it yeah. the right way. The no, pause a, was weird. Yeah. No, that's a, that's how you say your phone number. Well, I know, but it's... It's 867-5309. If you say 867-5309... No, you gonna, have to say 99. But if you say that, the check stand lady's going to be like, I'm not putting that in. No, because if unless she's old... Wow, oh, sorry. Stop yelling and, in Unless mind. she's old, if you get a young enough one, they don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> I bet you if we asked our kids, they wouldn't know. That's true. Why do you guys keep singing that number like that? <laughs> Is there something significant about it? Yeah, your it's friend like, Stacy, man, her mom. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what about her? I, I, I that song, she's got it going. She's on. got it going on. That song is so fucked up. Mm, it is. Like, it's well, it's like the the pumped up kick song. That's another oh, yeah. really fucked oh, up song yeah, that was in the top ten right during the middle shooting somebody of like for their shoes. high school shootings, and it's in the top ten. And the, all the lyrics are about shooting up a damn high school for shoes. I we're ending this. You heard it here. Yeah, well, I might shoot up a place. So for now, shoes. if you want to know how to shoot up high schools, um, how do they get a hold of you? Bryce? <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I want that. I don't know if I want that connection, Chris. Got an email. <laughs> um, yeah. So shootings in high schools. My email is no, no, guys, no. That's not how it works. Info at. <laughs> If you want to learn how to bring light into your life and laughter and love. All right. That's the cheese. But no. Finding Parallels website. Uh, the email is findingparallels at gmail.com. Uh, that would be the most direct way to get in touch with me. My website has uh, uh, all that information on it. has a place where you can book and set up appointments. Um, everything's happening digitally right now. One day it'll go back to in person, and when that happens, you know we'll we'll be there to how make do they, it happen. So how do they find out when you're performing normal improv? That's a good question. Uh, in DC, COVID, uh, or just DC, I guess yeah. uh, I was redundant there. That's like saying AT and T department. Yeah, department. Your pin number. Yeah. <laughs> your VIN number. Yeah, there we go. So DC, there's not a whole lot happening. The the only improv troops that I'm aware of that are actually performing are Quickwits, and that's digitally. Mm-hmm. You can check out their website. And then I still believe Improv Broadway and Provo, they're doing live shows at their theater. So um, those are the ones to check out. Uh, until then, you know, it's a day-by-day basis. Stay tuned. Yep. Well, thanks for joining us. It's been a fun conversation. I, I've had a good time. <laughs> Thank you guys very much for having me. Well, thanks to our guest, Bryce. Um, sorry, your name's not Brian. Brian. <laughs> Fucking thought I was going to make it. <laughs> I really thought I was going to make it. It doesn't matter. I've tried all sorts of stuff to not fuck people's names up. I've called people Steve. That Their name was like, you know, Michael, and I called him Steve. <laughs> and I write shit down. I write stuff down No, that was Dave Colley. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I don't, it doesn't even matter. I just like, it doesn't, I'm so bad with names. I am horrible with names. You're, I, I think for as many guests that we have had in four years, I think that you have done pretty phenomenal. 
you think I would be better at it by now, though, is what I'm saying. Like, we've been doing this for four years, and it's not like, but I have this. Listen, it, you could have messed up, you could have messed up way more. So. Look, I have, I have this weird thing. Bree can attest to it. And it's, it's not because I think I'm elite or anything, but when people help me, I can't look at them. So, like, if we go to a restaurant, I don't look at the servers, the waiters and waitresses. I, there's, it's not that I don't like them or I don't want to look at them, but like, I, I just will be looking at our menu or talking to the people and they're this, this imposing being above me that asks me what I want and says nice things to me and I'll have a conversation with them. I will never look at them. <laughs> and then later Bree's like, Hey, will you flag down our waitress? And I'm like, I don't know who the fuck it is. Which one is it? Point her out to me. And she's like, I'm not going to point. We're like, that's not nice. Then, then I might as well just do it myself. But I'm like, I don't know. But it's the same thing. Like, like I, I go to a, a, a gas station or a grocery store. It doesn't matter. Like even at a drive-through, I don't really look at the person like ever, and it's not a conscious thing. But I don't like like during our interview, you didn't look at the guest. That's more because I'm paying attention to a million other things over here. Mm. <laughs> but I do have like I just for whatever reason I don't look at people. Uh, in now if I'm just having a one-on-one conversation with someone, I'll typically look you right in the eyes, and it's kind of creepy. But. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. It has nothing to do with me thinking like any kind of inferiority or superiority or anything like that. I just don't, for whatever reason, I suck at it. I'm a really bad interpersonal communicator. So, uh, I think that's it <laughs> for the show. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at TNU Podcast, uh, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, all similar things. Um, you can also go to our website, thenewutah.com, where there are some one things uh, that we have up on there that you can go do for free. That Fun are open things. DC, they're open DC. Uh, so during COVID, there are activities. You know, that, if you have to keep saying that it's during COVID, then stop saying DC. No, I'm doing both because that's how you make an acronym. Yep. You know how literally became figuratively in the dictionary. People said it incorrectly enough. So if I say this enough, it will catch on. It's going to. That's Trump will start goal. tweeting it. Oh, fuck. I will stop saying it immediately. <laughs> you want a surefire way to get me to stop saying it? Have him say it. I'll see what I can do. Actually, I don't think he'll say the word COVID right now. I think he's terrified to talk about it. He's been told not to. <laughs> um, so... Oh, God. I, I really just, there's one thing that I'll leave you guys with uh, this week um, as you go throughout your week. Use a condom. Don't shoot fireworks off illegally. Those, those are both very good things because it is, <laughs> it, but that is not what I was going to say. What I was going to say is make sure that you're being safe when you're wearing a fanny pack. 